This is the Action Network Podcast. Crushed it. It's good. Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. What's in hell? I, hi, welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA edition. I'm Matt Moore, joined as always by Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer. Coming to you, we're recording this Tuesday night after Bucks Hawks game four. Tonight, the NBA Finals on ABC. Reggie Jackson and the Clippers take on Danilo Gallinari and the Atlanta Hawks. With no Trey Young, no John Collins, no Bogdan Bogdanovich, no Paul George, the Clippers have signed two players off the street. Can Reggie Jackson and Dave the Accountant (laughs) knock off the Hawks? It's the NBA Finals on ABC. What in hell? We'll start with this. Giannis Antetokounmpo suffers a knee injury in the third quarter. Comes out like a house of fire trying to get his team back in it. Gets injured. Has to be helped to the locker room. Comes back out to sit on the bench. Goes back to the locker room. There's scattered reports of ACLs that we don't know. We're not going to have information to be able to tell you to bet on stuff based off of the Giannis injury. We'll talk about both scenarios, both if he's back and if he's out for the rest of the playoffs, and if he's out for the rest of the series, we'll, we'll run over those scenarios as it happens. Trey Young missed this game because the slight ankle tweak turned out to be a bruised bone in his foot. So he missed tonight's game, though I think it's probably pretty likely that he plays in the next game. Clint Capella got hit in the eye, by the way. He has to see an ophthalmologist because he got elbowed in the eye. Somebody wants to check on Clint Capella's eye and make sure it's still attached. I'm sure that tomorrow we'll find out that, I don't know, like Chris Middleton's brain exploded into another universe or something since we just can't have nice things. Oh, that's it. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Let's start here. Uh, By the way, all of today's uh, odds are brought to you by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Uh, You should also go and download the Action Network app where you can get great information like bets that should be really rock solid. And I felt great about like, oh, I don't know. I felt great about Bucks minus six. Raheem, right up until the moment they announced Trey Young out. And I swear to you, I swear to you. And I didn't want to bet cash out of it because I was like, I, it's like in poker. Yeah. You guys play cards? Yes, I do. I play poker. It's like when you're putting the move in, like you've, you've got him. You've got him. You know that you were putting your money in with the best hand at that time. That at that moment, right now, you are getting all of your money in at a, at a significant statistical advantage. You know it's good. And there's that part of you that's like, he's going to hit river, he runner, runner. It, he's going to hit five, six for the inside straight. He's going to do it. But you're like, but I have, I have, this is the play. This is what I should do. So you, you, you got, you got in. pocket, you got pocket, you got ace king against. It's like four, seven offsuit. <laughs> you know, you're like, I got a feeling it's going to go runner, runner. Like you already know it as soon as you yeah. go in, but you have to, cause that's the, the play. As soon as Trey Young was announced out, I, I'm telling you, my heart sunk. I was like, <sighs> and everyone goes, how, why? This is, just, I'm telling you, I've covered the NBA 
for going on 13, 14 years now. This is what happens. The star player's out. There's a letdown effect in the other locker room. Ah, Trey's out. We got this. But you know what, though? It feels like it's happening more and more. I mean, like, how many times has it happened in these playoffs? It's already That's happened to somebody it's, it's happened, out like, every single game. <laughs> it happens every single week in the playoffs. Like, Chris Paul was out for the first two games. The Suns cover. The, the Clippers against the Jazz. KD goes off for 60 against the Bucks in game five. Like, it's just every single week. It happens. And it's just, I'm just waiting for one team to say, fuck it. We're going to destroy these guys. Like, they don't, like, where's, I just. There hasn't been a team that does that. Tell me the team that does that, this championship quality team that you're talking about. Tell me, tell me the team that did that. I mean, it hasn't happened this year, but I mean. No, no, in the past, in the past. The Warriors played with their food. The Warriors played with their food all the time. I'm just going to throw out Michael Jordan's bulls because that's what the myth says, and I can't think of any reasons it's not true, so I say it was true. I, I just I can't remember this many injuries off the off the top of the dome. Not even that though, but it's like even if you want to talk about like dominance, like a bunch most of the teams, unless they face really crappy, crappy competition, most of the teams played with their food. Like most of the teams struggled at various points and they would struggle versus weird teams too. It, it you know, you, you would say that the two thousand eight Celtics are a great team. We talked about this earlier. The the two thousand eight Celtics mm-hmm. are a great team. They went seven with the Atlanta Hawks. Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Al Horford as a rookie. Rookie Al Horford took Zaza, them. I will, I, will, I will forever remember Zaza Pachulia. Zaza Pachulia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's game seven, baby. <laughs> like, that's my favorite. Yeah. But no, but I mean, I think, you know what it is? I think this says more about the Bucks to people because people. Because of the narrative. The, no, that's the thing, though. It's like, it, it confirms an idea of who the Bucks are. Yeah. And, like, we'll go through the numbers. Like, look, the Bucks shot 8 of 39 from 3. The Bucks shot 39% from the field versus a bad Hawks defense. Uh, Lou Williams had 21 and 8 on 7 of 9 from the field. Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been on one wheel these entire playoffs, hit six three-pointers in this game. Like, Kevin Herter was, was 7 of 15. He was six of eight from two. <laughs> Kevin Herter working him inside, you know, that great inside game of Kevin Herter's. And I'm not, I, I, I want to make this clear. Like, it wasn't just shooting variants with the Bucs. Like, they didn't play well. And I didn't think that they would because these situations, when that star player is out, it creates this ripple effect. There's a letdown effect on one side. On the other side, guys get excited. Like, we're going to do this. Like nobody think like our backs were against the wall. No one, everyone's counting us out. Athletes love that shit. They just, it's, it is the, no, no athlete plays well when it's like you're a heavy favorite and should destroy them. Nobody plays well. Then you have to feel like it's us against the world. We're the underdogs. And then meanwhile, a bunch of guys and, and you're playing a style. The bucks haven't scouted that the bucks don't know how the Hawks play without Trey young. I don't know how the how the Hawks play without Trey Young. And you could say, like, that doesn't excuse it. And I don't disagree. But they probably would have won that game if just, like, the shooting if the shooting hadn't been the way it was. So it's, like, this combination of, like – and then the, the Hawks played a lot harder than in the first half. But you saw it. Like, the, the Bucks started to get some momentum in that second half, and you could feel it. Like, it was starting to turn. Some of the prediction models were actually starting to tilt towards the Bucks again. And then Giannis gets hurt. Yeah. So, I, I, uh, even 
I, I was, I definitely was not trying to bet on it. I just was curious how the odds were shaping up as, you know, the Hawks were way out ahead in the first half, looked at, looking in full control, and the Bucks keep kind of chipping away, getting a little closer. And if it had been flipped, if the Bucks were the team that was ahead and the Hawks without Trey were down and it was like that 10, 15 points, whatever, I was, I was prepared mentally for like, okay, this team is going to be like a three to three or four to one dog right now. And I remember this is like a little before halftime and I looked and Milwaukee was, was down, had played like garbage the entire half, had like 36 points right before halftime. And they were like plus 150 to the money line. The books were like, go ahead, go ahead. The bucks are still going to take this. They're still in this. They're still, they're totally fine. And then the second half came out and right before the Giannis injury, the bucks were like, plus 120, plus 130, somewhere in there. Like the, the books were still like, yeah, it doesn't matter. The score doesn't matter. This is a coin yeah. flip. This none, Nothing you've seen so far mattered. The Bucks are going to win. You can't trick us because I kept waiting to be tricked and to bet on the Bucks at some big plus number, and they weren't giving it to us. Yeah. And then Giannis got hurt, and they gave us the plus I mean, number. They, real I mean, hurt. honestly, though, I still thought the Hawks were going to win. I mean, the Bucks made a little push, but they got it down to seven. And then somebody hit a three and was back up to 10 when Giannis got hurt. So I, I still felt like the, the Hawks were still holding. Yeah, but I they've think, done um, that. But the Bucks have done that a lot in these playoffs, Raheem. Like they've, they've, they've hung and they've hung. That is true. They, yeah, they definitely hung. And everybody's like, like dogging game. them and everybody's talking about like this team sucks and fire Bud and this offense and they're such a joke. And then it's like, oh, the Bucks take the lead. Oh, the Bucks are ahead by four. Oh, the Bucks won the game. You yeah, know? that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely saw Hawks minus 142. Actually, um, I feel like this is all my fault because I, I tweeted something about how I feel like we're watching replacement players play for the championship. And then. Yeah. Yeah. I be, you don't I appreciate the, what we got. So now we've got it worse. Thank you. And Thank I you. feel like it's my fault. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, okay. Look, it's a knee injury. He couldn't walk on it. I just don't have a lot of ex. I don't have a lot of, I'll say this. I don't have any expertise in, in diagnosing these things. But I also don't have a lot of experience with a guy going down with a knee injury and then being like, whew, that was close. Couldn't walk off the court, but he's fine now. That's that's not what I have any experience in. Usually it's, okay, he's got, even if he's got an ACL sprain, that's, if it's the most minor sprain in the world, it's a weak minimum. That did not look like a weak minimum. Let's just take this series right now. Let's assume Giannis is not going to play for the remainder of these playoffs. That Trey's going to play and Giannis is not. Brandon? Oh, I'm first on this one, am I? Yeah, <laughs> I, I need. I know that you don't know. So, well, so just to clarify, I, I agree... I don't know how we imagine Giannis to play in this series until we know more. We will all we all hope for him to play. I think even Atlanta fans to some extent, like you want to beat the best. You don't want to beat the team that's left out there. But we got games every two days going forward. Thursday, Saturday, Monday if we get there. Like that's under a week. And like you said, it's it's really hard to imagine this being less than a week. Uh, I'm going to hold out hope that if the Bucks make the finals, that we get a little bit better, you get some some better news then. But I'm not holding out a lot of hope for the series. So I do agree 
that it feels like, like Trey Young was a surprise no show tonight. Like I think I woke up today expecting Trey was going to play, but play, you know, hampered play through the injury. It was going to be a lesser version, but that he probably would be out there. That leads me to believe again, not as an expert, just reading the tea leaves and reading between the lines. I will expect we'll get some version of Trey playing in at least two of the remaining games of the series. So that leaves Trey at some percentage of him against Drew. It's not great. Trey's been lighting up the series, but Drew is an awesome guard defender. There's a, there's a lot on Chris Middleton right now. And Raheem and I have taken to a new nickname for Chris Middleton. I decided I'm going to call him Dollar Store Durant until he starts hitting a few more shots and proving a little bit better. It's time. It's time, Chris. We're paying you a lot of money, and it's your show. I, uh, I got my Chris Middleton Finals MVP ticket. This is not the way I was hoping to feel better about my odds on it, but I guess that is in play, question mark? So... I don't know. The Hawks theoretically have the best player left in the series, but only if Trey Young is close to what Trey Young is supposed to be. If he's not, the Bucks might have the best or best two players left in the series. The Bucks have two home games left out of the three. I feel like I'm leaning toward the Bucks still, but I don't trust anyone to do anything anymore. Is this just, are we just in like, don't know bet territory? Like, should we just leave the rest of the series alone? Like we're a betting podcast, but I mean, that's, that's the, that may be the best advice we can give is just like, don't bet it. Um, I'm not willing to go that far yet because I think there's, there's always opportunity and chaos. Okay. And I just, I, I think we have to just figure out what are the lineups? Um, of course, I mean, what do we think Bud is going to do? Because I, I think that opens up that opens up a lot of things. I mean, like, what, where, do, where do you replace Giannis? I mean, you're probably going – you just have to play your best fives at this point. So, I don't imagine him starting Portis. I would imagine it's <clears> – oh, boy. Uh, Drew, Connaughton, mid – Tucker, Brooke, with Forbes and Portis off the bench still. And does does that open up minutes for fatigue and Thonis? So I, I think that those are the questions we kind of got to ask because I, I mean, mean, yeah, he'll play them. Like he'll play. Oh boy, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't even think. The DiVincenzo injury matters here too. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's one less body. It's, it's one more body. It's literally yeah. 40 minutes that they could be playing now. Maybe more. You know, like, I think too, Holiday and Middleton just have to play like every possible minute that they can afford it at this point, right? I, I don't know. Like, as much as they possibly can handle, they've got to be out there. I, I will say, looking, I'm looking at the, the roster, trying to come up with some answers. Jordan Nora. I could see him having a role. He's 
He's he can, all right, we're betting the Hawks. Like, okay, all right, that's it. Jordan, yeah. we're about Jordan Nora, we're betting the Hawks. That's it. We're done. That's it. We can move on. I, I mean, I think that's what I mean. Tonight was telling because you had Chris Dunn getting minutes, and it's just like you had you know Reddish back on the court. You had like it's become clear that this Hawks team was deeper. And now you yeah, have but like that, that, that I'm just going to say is that usually doesn't matter. It's not like like maybe Millen doesn't want to play Chris Dunn. I mean, it matters when Teague and Thonis might get minutes. So I'm looking at the numbers at killer sports. Here are the numbers. I'm just going to tell you the numbers here. Here's from the regular season when the bucks played this year without Giannis, there's 11 such games. I'm going to tell you up front too. It is not a murderer's row of scheduling. Here, here are the teams that they played, just so you can keep in perspective that this is a pretty soft schedule. Cavs, Pacers, Knicks, Kings, Warriors, Mavs, Hornets, Magic, Wolves, Bulls, Bulls. I think I counted two playoff teams in there, and not, not the best ones. No, no teams that have played past the first round. Here are the numbers. In those 11 games, the... The Bucks straight up were six and five. Against the spread, they were four, six, and one. And the under was six and five. Not particularly telling numbers, but I guess to me, the takeaway from that is that is a soft schedule, and they still won only half of their games without Giannis. It seems not great. <laughs> the Hawks are the best team on that list, right? Even with Trey at whatever percentage he is. So it's not a good place to start. But, yeah, it turns out losing the two-time defending MVP is probably not the best way to start things. Yeah, I just – I mean, I think you got to throw that stuff out at this point. Not, it's different if you're going to the playoffs because you've got at least got a history of knowing how to play. But you got to be able to match up with the opponent. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it is the Hawks' entire attitude is, fuck you, we're good enough. And I feel like – I mean, I, they'll sense blood – you know, I don't, I'll say this, like, I love mid and I love Drew Holiday. I think they're really great players, really good dudes. Um, they're well known to be very, like really good dudes in the locker room and just in, in the league. I like this team a lot. I want good things for this team. However, the Bucks I trust, or the Hawks, I trust a lot more to have that dog in them to be like, Set, I mean, tonight's a good example of it, right? Like the the Bucks got caught off guard by the injury and got knocked on their heels and then completely shoved off the boat. The Hawks are more likely to go into game five and be like, we're winning this in six. We're winning the next two games. You don't have Giannis, and we're going to make you pay for it. Bogdan's got all that swagger. Trey's got all that swagger. Like they have like – like let's get rid of the word swagger. The confidence level matters, and they have an endless amount of confidence. They're dogs. And yeah. they'll go in and they'll just attack. And so. <sighs> but, but here's the thing. I, I totally agree that we, we talk all the time about, bet the narrative, that is the narrative. That's what I, that makes sense. Everything you just said mm-hmm. makes sense. We wake up two days for three, three mornings from now. And that's the story. And the bucks just didn't have enough. And the Hawks had that dog in them. But why isn't it going to flip right back the other way? It didn't have time to flip tonight. They're in front of the home fans. They're already way up. Why aren't the Hawks going to come out thinking they have it won? And now we're in Milwaukee. And now Bryn Forbes hits a few shots. And now the crowd gets going. And somehow the Bucks find some points. Somehow they get a little scoring. They get that game five. 
now they have two chances to win one game. Like, why can't the same thing that just happened flip back right the other way, just like we've been talking about? This is going to sound weird, but I, I do mean mm-hmm. it. Trey's young. And Trey's spectacular, and he's amazing, and he's why that team is where it is. However, Bogdan Bogdanovich is not a rookie. Clint Capella is not a rookie. Like, they've got veteran dudes, I think, that will be prepared. Like, Gallo and Lou are not rookies. Yeah. That's a big deal. And, like, the Bucs aren't. But my point here is, like, I think that the Bucs are more built around Giannis then I think the Hawks are necessarily built around Trey, even though like trade has a super high usage and does all this stuff. I, I trust them to be successful without Trey more than I trust the Bucks without Giannis constantly putting pressure at the rim. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep it honest. Giannis is a very limited superstar. So let's not dog the man when he's got an ACL injury. No, no. I mean, I mean, let's be, let's be real. He came out in the first half or whatever and had like two points and a game. He's like been the a, best player in the playoffs, Raheem. Get off. No, no, but I, I, I got, I got to be honest though. I got to be honest. I mean, if we, if we're, he's two time reigning MVP. He comes out first half of a game of a pivotal game five, game four, whatever. And he has two points. And it's just like pivotal. Yo, that's that's t- get out of here. I mean, Come you on, you man. see how pivotal it is now. No, no, hit me up. Su- Katie sucks. Giannis sucks. No, no, hit me up. Hit me I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying he's limited. Like, and I mean, I just he has to. If he's not dunking, he's averaging and, thirty points a game. No, but hit me out. Hit, hit me out. Hit me out. Hit me out. But it's just. He's averaging 30 points, but his his style was still limited because for the most part, he doesn't have a reliable, a consistent mid-range or three-point shot. So so it's just like you see in that first half, he got two points. So it's just like he like the thing's gotta come from your stars at some point. If you a star, you gotta put the pressure on the team and 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 let them know. Like we've seen Kobe Bryant, we've seen Kyrie Irving. Go out there and say, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm putting them twenty in this first quarter. First no, 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 no. Don't be acting like like they never had bad first halves. No, Don't no, be I'm acting like they it. never I'm, had I'm, bad I'm, first halves. I'm, or got bounced by the Phoenix Suns, or had any of these other things happen to them. Like this is I, ridiculous, I'm, Raheem. No, but hear me out. I'm just I'm just I'm I'm just saying. I think his style is more limited, and Trey is not as limited. And then also he has guys around him who can take over. Like so Trey Young is better than Giannis is what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not saying he's better than, than Giannis. <laughs> he's not better than Giannis, but his, his offensive game is his offensive bag is less limited than Giannis. So it's just, he doesn't have to just dunk. You know what I'm saying? It's just like Trey can get his offense from different places. Like, and when you have guys coming off the bench, like Lou, Lou Williams could give you 30 every night. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize we were having James Harden on as a guest on our podcast tonight. It's, exciting. it's good to meet you, James. <laughs> I, I mean, so, I'm, just, okay, I'm here's, just... Here's my question on Giannis. Assuming that he doesn't play this series, is it a bigger blow to the Bucks on offense or on defense for the rest of the series? Yes. I mean, I think probably defense, honestly. Yeah. Not because he doesn't have a quote-unquote bag. All he does is dunk because he does it 70% of the fucking time, Raheem. His numbers are insane. He's also a good passer. We're doing, but like just defensively, it allows you to do more things, right? Like if you got to play, if you got to play Connaughton, 
then you don't have the backside help, which means you can attack the rim more. You can slip the pick a lot more. Uh, if you don't have Giannis. Lopez got to play a lot more. Lopez has to play more. Uh, if you're playing Portis, that's easier to get onto switches and exploit. Yeah. Like that's what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to like the start with, with Brooke on the floor, they're going to have to play a lot of drop. And then when Brooks die on the court, they're going to have to go to switches, but the Hawks are going to be like, yeah, we're going to go at Portis every time. We're going to go at Portis and Connaughton every single time. So, yeah. What, what about, okay. Mm. Is game five must win for Milwaukee. Be, uh, assuming that the scenario that's not in play is Bucks lose game five and then Giannis miraculously is back for the last two games. Assuming that's not in play, is game five must win because otherwise they have to go to Atlanta and get one and still come home and get one? No. Mm. And the reason I say that is for as much as we I like Atlanta and they've been great and they've been impressive and they show up in all these moments – they're only really good in those moments of not being expected. Right. Like they catch the six, they got their asses kicked by the Sixers for most of that series, but they caught him napping in the fourth quarter of game four. They caught him napping in the fourth quarter of game five. And then they got him in game seven. Like the Hawks have lo- are not like this dominant team when they look good, they look awesome. But for the most part, like they've lost these series. Right. So, like, if they win game five, I still think that they're vulnerable enough for the Bucks to come out, for Drew Holiday and, and Chris Middleton to play to their level and for them to be able to, to get it done. Like, I think that that's, that's entirely possible. I, don't, I mean, the Hawks are going to have to be favored, but I don't think that game five is like – if the, I don't think if the Bucks lose game five, the series is over. I think that they can definitely lose in six, but I, I do think the Bucks have it in them to get to, to win game six and get back for seven. Yeah, that's fair. And then yeah. he knows in game seven. Such a bummer. Just everything is depressing Sucks. right now. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. But yeah, I mean, look, Cliff, Cliff if you, you over at Bet MGM when they put the odds back up for the uh, for the finals matchups, I get, I guess, Hawks Clippers is the new hotness. Because let's go to that series as we continue our descent into hell. 
you both were very, very, very convinced the Suns were winning that game the other night. You guys were were very, very convinced. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I like the Clippers. And then Zubac was hurt, and I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna lose that bet. But I still, part of me is still like, I just feel like they're gonna win. I just feel like they're gonna win. Um, Raheem, you said that, that that game kind of rearranged a lot for you. What what changed for you after Suns Clippers game five? Okay, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you go into certain games and you think maybe this is an anomaly. Maybe, you know, this is an aberration or this won't continue to happen. And when I watch Chris Paul right now, he doesn't look like the same player. First things first, he slowed down. He's completely slowed down the pace of this series. I mean, you have them walking the ball up the court after made baskets, and they're not pushing the pace at all. Like, it's, it's just like you saw a camp campaign. When he was playing in the first two games, the Suns' offense, I mean, they struggled. To, I mean, the Clippers struggled to stay in front of them, and the Suns' offense were rolling. So, I mean, the Suns' half-court offense is just brutal right now, and it's just – it feels like you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker kind of just taking turns, taking contested mid-range and three-point sh- shots. And they're, I just – I don't like what I'm seeing from their offense. They're not really feeding eight and much. It's like – when you look at the numbers, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to read out some numbers. Their half-court offense in the first game, they put up an offense rating of 120. Game two, 109.1. Game three, 77.6. Game four, 69.3. And game five, 92.1. So it's like their half-court offense is just absolutely brutal. And I don't want to say it, but it's just a lot of guys have struggled when they come back from health and safety protocols. And – I'm wondering if Chris Paul is dealing with those same difficulties. And if he is, that's kind of troubling. And then this Clippers team has really, they've done, they've done the same thing that they did to the Utah Jazz. They spread you out and they can score at will. And when you, when you go through this series, the, the Suns haven't really had a dominant game throughout this entire series. And, you know, coming into game five, I really thought that, it was an aberration, but it's, it's becoming clear that this is what this series is. So I think the, the, the Clippers are really live. Are you going to bet them? I'm still thinking about it just because I'm still concerned about Paul George's minutes. So I, I really like I'm actually I'm doing a game doc guy for that. So I've been spending a lot of time just really thinking about it before I put it out. So when the know. Clippers inevitably win the title because Chris Ball and Devin Booker are abducted by aliens and everyone else is, you know, the East is whoever is left and the Clippers win. How much victory lap are you going to victory lap, Raheem, about your article about the Clippers as the favorites from like four months ago that you've completely turned your back on ever since when they accidentally win the title? I I can't. The only thing I'm going to victory lap is that (laughs) I was right about Tyron Lue being a huge upgrade over Doc Rivers. I was right about Terrence Mann. I was right about their ability to spread the floor and shoot the three and that making them live. Like, I feel like everything that I said in that article eventually came true. It's just, it didn't happen in a way that I thought it would. It's just that it also happened while the apocalypse happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. um, Raheem, about Chris Paul, do you think, and I know it's going to be the answer is both, but if you had to lean toward one more than the other, do you feel like, like when, you, when you're worried about Chris Paul, 
are you worried that Chris Paul is playing poorly or are you worried more that Chris Paul's presence has the Suns playing poorly? I think it's the latter because I, I just think the pace of the, the, the pace of the game is just so it's like, why are y'all walking the ball up the floor? This is a tired Clippers team. Paul George is playing a million minutes. The Clippers have played every other game for the last month. Why is the pace of this game so f- slow? I don't understand it. Like, I don't know. I don't disagree with you. I just think it's funny that Kevin Durant isn't the playmaker. Giannis Antetokounmpo has no bag. And Chris Paul is why the Suns are going to lose the series. Like, I'm, I, I seriously, man, I'm looking for, like, who's good in the NBA. Is there, is there, any, is there anyone who's good? I, 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 I walked back all the Chris I, – I walked back all the Kevin, Kevin Durant stuff. I would never slander Kevin, Kevin Durant again. But we got to um, admit, <laughs> Giannis, Giannis doesn't have a ton of a – he doesn't have a, a bag like that. Come what on. if Giannis puts – He's got more moves. He's, he's, he's got great. moves to get to the rim where he's amazing. Um, so here, here's my thought. Uh, I like the Suns tomorrow. I think – the reaction has been, I, I, I really can't believe that we're doing this. Like we're supposed to be, we're supposed to zig against the zag, right? Like we're like the whole thing is like, we're not supposed to get suckered in by these, by recency bias. Like we're supposed to like hold firm against it. And like everyone today, every analyst, every bet, like everyone has just lost their mind. I'm like, did you guys really think the Clippers were going to go out like that? Like you really thought the Clippers were just going to go out like that. This team has been tough. They've been resilient. Like they're, I, the Suns' home court advantage is good. It's not dominant. They've had to, the Clippers have had to win on the road all throughout these playoffs. Like, what? Why? Why on earth would that be the case? The line's been interesting. So it opened Clippers minus one, mm-hmm. and I grabbed it. I grabbed Suns minus one hundred four mm-hmm. on the money line uh, last night. Cause I knew that by morning it would turn and it did. Now, as you record this, it's flipped back the other way. <laughs> There's minus one Oh nine money lines out there on both sides. Um, there are plus uh, like there's just bizarre lines out there in terms of it, uh, the differentiation of by book by book. It's like, Minus one, plus one, minus one, plus one, minus one, plus one on both teams. Like there's just no consistency right now. It's bouncing between Clippers minus one and Clippers plus one everywhere uh i think the suns win i think everything that you're talking about in terms of the pace is this is the the logic that you're going with it's a it's a your point is not wrong raheem i think you're Mm. you're spot on it's a good observation the problem is your hole here is you're saying oh but they can't win that way like look they're losing they're losing so it must be something oh it's their pace Chris Paul's dictating the pace. Oh, this is a problem versus being like realizing they can still win. They are the better team and can still win at a slower pace. You can't. That's true. Like you, you can't look at this and be like, oh no, the Clippers vaunted defense. You can't get into a slugfest with the Clippers. Come on now. The Clippers at half court defense has been amazing in this series. It's been absolutely incredible. The numbers are just in, amazing. They've held the Suns under a 100 offensive rating in each and every game of this series in the half court. That's amazing. That's also not sustainable. Not. It's absolutely not. This Clippers defense is not that good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not like judging them. I'm just telling you like yeah. matchup wise, statistically, like there's no reason to think that the Clippers are going to be able to hold them. 
Chris Paul's expected shot shot quality, right? The I, I use this from Second Spectrum a lot. Quantified shot quality is the lowest of any player in the series right now. Okay, so he's taking bad shots, mm. but he's also shooting thirteen percent worse than them. He got better in Game Five. The difference here is that Chris Paul is excellent at converting low quality shots at an extremely high rate. Ask the Denver Nuggets. Those mid-range jumpers, which he can get to at any point, and he got them last night, and they scored a lot more. Last night, the Suns' offense looked a lot better. Like, it was actually starting to cook a little bit. It started to really heat up. The problem was Paul George and Marcus Morris shot something like 20 of 32 from the field. Like, yeah. So it's not, I'm not going to point Reggie Jackson and go, that's an outlier. It's not Reggie's been great each and every, like he's been great the whole playoffs. Yeah. He's going to get the bag, like get that money, Reggie. Mm-hmm. But I do not think that the Clippers offensive performance will sustain the Suns have mm-hmm. like a million. The Suns don't even have to get like dramatically better at a lot of the things. They just got to get a little bit better and the Clippers come back down to earth. And that's a pretty comfortable Suns win. I like the Suns yeah. tomorrow a lot in game in game six. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Raheem is concerned about the Suns' offense. My concern watching Game Five was the Suns' defense, and I want to talk it through because I'm not too sure exactly how concerned I should be. On the one hand, the Clippers are the Clippers, and forever will be the Clippers. They shoot contested jumpers, and Marcus Morris made like eight jumpers in the first quarter. Paul George hit so many contested shots down the stretch. That's what they do, but they also miss them sometimes. And now that Marcus Morris hit his eight in a row, he's going to keep shooting every two minutes for the rest of the series, and he's going to miss a bunch sometime. Paul George will miss some sometimes. Reggie will miss some. So at the same time, I don't know if it's just shot variance, and if we can say it's just shot variance, that's what the Clippers do. But they also kept flashing that graphic up over and over and over again, points in the paint. And the Clippers had a barrage of points in the paint. And that is not shot variance and jumpers. That is defensive breakdown by the Suns. That's easy buckets by the Clippers. And that's not what I was expecting from the Suns defense. And I thought Aiden had a really rough game in game five. You know, we, we were expecting, we were talking to our Slack about like Aiden overs once Zubach was going to be out and what, what would his game look like. Aiden still has these games and moments where he plays passive. And I thought he played really passive in that game. It's a tough spot. It's tough when they go small and now he's in, he's doesn't have the right matchup. Uh, You know, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. I'm not saying it's an easy job, but he wasn't making the right impact on either end of the court. And I don't know how, how worried should I be about the Suns' defense in that half. The offense, I already know. I know they've got Chris Paul, they got Booker, they're going to do their thing. I'm not so worried. The defense worries me and makes me, that's the thing that makes me really doubt them in the series a little bit. So, I mean, look, I, I, I just got to tell you, like, the numbers don't back you up here. Um, in this series, in game five, um, the Clippers had their, the fourth highest and their third highest expected effective field goal percentage. So they didn't shoot like exceptionally high quality shots. Mm. Uh, They did have, however, their highest differential between their actual and their expected. They shot 11% better in EFG Brandon 
than they were expected to based on location. Now, look, like the Clippers have shooters, so I would expect them to, to land like five to eight points higher. You get up to 11, that's an outlier. There's a certain number of like points in the paint and layups, I think, that are kind of baked into that. I also think that the Suns, we've seen them just be so good throughout the year. Do we really think that the Suns team is just suddenly bad or do we think they had a bad game? Well, that's what I'm wondering. And I mm-hmm. am like that for sure. The big EFG difference for sure is, is watching Morris and PG hit all those contested jumpers. Like that's, what's making, those are the shots that are not high quality shots. Just like you said with Chris Paul, they're not high quality shots, but we know Paul George makes those shots. Not always, but we know he can make a whole lot of those. And he made a whole lot of those. He scored 41 on 15 of 20 from the field. But the Clippers as a team shot 36 out of 54 on two pointers. Mm -hmm. And some of those are those pull-up jumpers, but that's 67% on twos. And some of those are not those pull-up jumpers and they miss a few of the pull-up jumpers. So I don't know what the number is, but if you look at, if you take some of those away, that means the Clippers are probably hitting like 70, 75% of their other twos. Those are the shots that, that I'm concerned about. And I remember from that game, what I remember the Clippers doing is making all those tough jumpers. I'm not worried about that. I can't do anything about that. They're going to hit all those shots. They're, they're going to win or have a chance. I'm worried about the other stuff that I, that I don't remember because apparently happened a lot. The, uh, the Clippers in that game, uh, it should be noted, the Clippers won that game by 14 points, right? Uh, DeMarcus Cousins had 14 points in the paint, Brandon. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, I, was just, like, I was just scanning down the box and I was like, oh, right, Boogie. That was a lot. That's, that's your differential. <laughs> it's it's DeMarcus yeah. Cousins had himself a game, which like I thought the playing Cousins was a good move by Ty Lue back in game one. Yeah, um, here, here's like a couple of things that you kind of got to ask yourself. OK, so. Going to the series, the first two games were like, you can't play Zubach, man. Like Aiden's gonna, like he's, you know, you can't play. You need to go small. That's what got you here. So they went small, but you can't play that because Aiden the small lineups got killed for the first four games of the series and the big lineups for the Clippers did better, which is why Zubach was playing. Now all of a sudden the small lineups are what's great. Like that just, that just instantly flipped just. So was the earlier success with the small, with the big lineups, was that fake or was the lineups with the small ball in this game, not sustainable or was it both? Was it like, no, the Clippers are better big and small. I don't necessarily feel like that's the case when mm-hmm. the Suns are still up in the series three to two. Like, I mean, but I mean, they were up in the series three to two because. Uh, but that's the point, though. This is what I'm saying. We talked we talked about how important that game two Valley Oop was yeah. and how much that flips the winning percentage of the series. I'm not deb- like we talked about how the Clippers were live in this series before it started. Yeah. Like I was telling Brandon before, I have a lot of positions on futures, so I don't. I'm not trying to victory lap here. Like I have, yeah, it's cool, yeah. Like I have a diverse thing that I'm going to come out like a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I did grab in this series was I grabbed Clippers plus two and a half wins, cashed, mm-hmm. parlayed with Hawks to win it, to Hawks to win the series, and I got it a pretty absurd number. So that's going to help me pay off all the Bucks futures I'm about to lose. Um, mm. But we liked it. Like we knew the Clippers were going to be tough in the series, right? 
but that 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 game two, if the Clippers win that game one, I'd be with, or game two, I'd be with you, right? If the yeah. Clippers win that game two, then it's like, I mean, they they're up three two, going to LA for game six, right? And they've looked like the better yeah. team. But my problem here is that that one game in game two was such a differentiator that the Suns can win this game and that's it. Like, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that the Suns have been, I don't think the Suns have been clearly the better team. I think the Clippers are really feisty. I think Ty Lue's done a good job. I think we've lost our lines a little bit with Ty Lue. Just like a touch. Like there's conversations yeah. that are going on about how Ty Lue's like one of the best, is Ty Lue the best coach in the NBA? And they're like, look at his record when facing elimination and look at his record in closeout games. I'm like, oh, you mean those years when he was coaching LeBron in the Eastern Conference? Those years? Yeah. Don't bring me like See, crazy. I, 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 I don't lie to you. I said today that I believe that he's the modern day version of Phil Jackson. And I truly believe it. I, because of his ability. No, hear me out. In regards to his I ability to hear me out tonight. Manage Eagles. Like he told LeBron James to shut the F up. Like there's not a lot of people who could like he told LeBron James to shut the F up and got his respect. He managed the relationship between him and Kyrie and love. He, he, he built Paul George's confidence up. He has to deal with Kawhi Leonard and his load management. Like he's a guy who I feel like similar to Paul, um, to Phil Jackson, that he can manage these egos and stay calm and stay in the moment. Like look at Brad Stevens. Everybody called this guy a genius and he's a great coach, but he couldn't properly manage a hierarchy with the Boston Celtics. He had Kyrie, he had Marcus Morris, he had Tatum, he had Brown, he had Rozier, he had Hayward. All these guys want to kill each other. Like Ty Lue is building these guys up. And I think that matters. He may not be the tech, the, the, the tactician that people, you know, may want from their head coach, but as far as managing egos, he got a Phil Jackson type thing from him. So Paul George is gonna think is gonna say on the Dan Patrick show that Ty Lue is racist in twenty years. Scotty Pippen lost his mind. <laughs> Ty Lue's got to just imagine imagine having to manage a locker room full of Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann <laughs> and Nick Batum. He's got to manage all of those egos in one locker room. Okay. You know what's um, even better? You know what's even better than being great in constant elimination games? Not, not being, being in elimination <laughs> games, not That's going true. down 0-2 in every series. All right, uh, let's 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 go here, Brandon. Name your finals matchup right now. Suns Bucks. Raheem, name your your finals matchup right now. We'll go Suns Hawks. All right, I'll go Suns Hawks too. I don't. I think Giannis sadly changes. But I, like, I mean, right now I'm leading. The Clippers win Game Six. Chris Paul wins it in seven. That's, that's kind of where I'm. That's wow. kind of where I'm leaning. What like, I, I, oh, and, what a, and totally redeems himself. Back to being a good player, just in time for Game Seven. Yeah, I, 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 I just got. I, I just got a. I got a feeling we might see Scott Foster tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will say this: that we we talked about that that the value, how how big of a play that was, the way that this series has shaped up, and as as hard as the Clippers have fought, and like we're saying. That, that's one play away, one second away from this being 3-2 Clippers, and I do not think we'd feel the same way. Uh, but, you know, Matt, I don't think you'd feel as confident about the Suns down 3-2 versus up 3-2. That's the whole point is they're up 3-2. Yes. I'm just saying, like, mm. that play is shaping up to be even bigger than we possibly imagined it to be in the moment. That play makes the Suns right now 
the prohibitive title favorite because only of one awesome play. And they are, in fact, uh, the title favorites at that MGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Make sure to check out all the great shows on our podcast stream, rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure to follow Brandon and Rahim on Twitter, as well as in the Action Network app. You can catch all their great picks, as well as our crack analysis in the Action Network app. Download on your mobile device right now. We'll be back next week with a finals preview. Just one episode this week, but we'll be back with a finals preview of whoever is left from the NBA playoffs next week. Look for that on Tuesday before the start of the finals. Thanks for joining us, everybody. For Raheem Palmer, Brandon Anderson, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us on the Action Network NBA podcast. We're finished talking.